0: To our family reunion that happens to be on Sunday as a worship service here at Reformation Lutheran Church. A lot of wonderful things happened this week in the church as far as a homecoming uh, goes. Um, we got to see uh, Phil Kerner yesterday. He came by uh, the men's group in the morning and um, Herco, Uh, is with him. And we kind of thought maybe they would be here today, but I think they had a baseball game they went to or will. And so maybe there's going to be some conflict uh, with that. But it was wonderful to see him. Um, And uh, I see sweet Mama Chow in the church today. And I'm so glad as is everybody else to have you back. God bless you, Mama Chow. And um, I also wanted to uh, recognize Joni um, because she has the unenviable task of accompanying me in uh, the liturgy. And I just wanted to thank you for that. And, um, you know, that's we are blessed by it. That is a gift and a love offering, and thank you very much. So um, I'm going to let you guys read this at your leisure. In the... uh, bulletin, you're going to find a copy of the Athanasian Creed. And today is Trinity Sunday, and so uh, we um, celebrate the Trinity. And, and so part of my sermon, or most of it, is going to be in regards to that. All across Christendom in the Missouri Synod Church, they will be um, reciting this creed. And um, You Take a look at it. We'll refer to it a little bit during the uh, sermon. Um, But this is what we believe. This is what we believe in regards to the Trinity. So without further ado, Karen. Oh, and thank you, Karen, for stepping up uh, in, in the sound room there. And will you get us started, please?
1: Fall like flowers before thee Opening to the sun above Melt the clouds of sea
0: No secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, And for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God, Hallelujah! worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are His. This is the feast of victory for our God, Hallelujah! Sing with all the people of God, and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb. Forever amen This is the feast of victory for our God for the lamb who was slain has begun his reign Hallelujah Hallelujah The Lord be with you Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given us grace to acknowledge the glory of the eternal trinity by the confession of a true faith and to worship the unity in the power of the divine majesty. Keep us steadfast in this faith and defend us from all advers- adversities for you, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, live and reign one God now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
2: Good morning. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Proverbs, chapter eight, verses one through four, and verses 22 through 31, and can be found on page 994 in the Pew Bible. Proverbs was mostly written by Solomon, who compiled this book of wise saying. Chapter eight is titled, Wisdom's Call. Wisdom is portrayed as a woman who guides us and makes us succeed. The second part says wisdom is a foundation on which all life is built. Proverbs 8, one through four, and then 22 through 31. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud. To you, old people, I call out, I raise my voice to all mankind. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago, at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there was no watery depths, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth. I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his commands, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was constantly at his side I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. We'll read Psalm 8 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. In this Psalm, King David writes that God cares for his most valuable creation, his people. Psalm 8, Lord our God, no, Lord our Lord, How majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the the praises praises of children and and infants, you you have established a stronghold against your enemies enemies, to silence the foe and the the avenger. avenger. When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moons and the stars which you have set in place, what what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? them, You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made made them rulers over the works works of of your hands. hands. You You put put everything everything under their feet. feet. All flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds birds in the the sky, sky, the fish fish in the sea, sea, all all that swim the the paths of of the sea. sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The next reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter two, verses 14 and verses 22 through 36 and can be found on page 1693 in the Pew Bible. Here, Peter tells the people why they should listen to the testimony of the believers because the Old Testament prophecies have been fulfilled in Jesus because he is the Messiah. Acts two fourteen and 22 through 36. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you, through you, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep a hold on him. David said to him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also rests in hope. Because you do not abandon me in the realm of the dead, you will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God, was raised, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witness of it. <coughs> Exalted to the right hand of God, he was received from the Father, the promised Holy Spirit. and was poured out when you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit on my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Here in the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God.
0: Hallelujah! Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the 8th chapter, glory to you, O Lord. This gospel this morning is from St. John. It is chapter 8, verses 48 through 59, and it can be found on page 1663 in the Pew Bible. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon possessed? I'm not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my Father and you dishonor me. I'm not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. And very truly I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. At this they exclaimed, now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets, yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died And so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet fifty years old, they said to him. And you have seen Abraham? Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So today, well, I'm getting out of order. I don't know what happened to me. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because we know that nothing good comes from any other source. Amen. Today is the feast of the Holy Trinity. Somebody might say, so what? Well, (laughs) somebody might say, what has the Trinity got to do with my salvation, our salvation? And we shall see that it is a big deal, a great deal. And it has a great deal to do with our salvation. It is an important teaching in the Bible. And yet the Trinity is all. Very uh, uh, misunderstood, often misunderstood. Are we okay? We got sound? Huh. Okay. It's on. It's on. It's not muted. Don't know what to tell you. I'll just talk really loud? Okay. All right. That won't be a problem. <laughs> okay. So, t- so should I start over? Could people hear that? All right. All right. Well, um, I lost my spot, but the Trinity is often misunderstood. It just is. People, you know, they, I don't get it. And they try to describe it as an egg, and oh my gosh, it's so much more than egg, you know, but Um, let me just take a stab at it and may the Holy Spirit come upon us and give us wisdom and understanding. And if you still don't get it, let's get together in my office. We'll sit and pray and and study and ask for for that. But here we go. One of the problems that uh, we encounter when we talk about the Trinity is that somebody will make the very true observation that neither the word Trinity or triune is in the Bible. And that's true. The, the truth is that there are a lot of words that Christians use that are not in the Bible. And many of these words are shortcuts that save us uh, time when we talk to each other about the things of God. So in, earlier this morning, I, I, I pointed your direction of the Athanasian Creed that's in your, in your bulletin. And if you look at what this says, um, it, you know, the, the first uh, article is, whoever desires to be saved must above all hold to the Catholic faith. Now, we're not Roman Catholics all of a sudden this morning, okay? Um, Catholic, universal, together, okay? Um, and then Article 2, whoever does not keep it whole and undefiled with, will without doubt perish, eternally perish, eternally. And then Article 3, and the Catholic faith is this. Whew, okay, well, here we go. Number four, that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance. For the Father is one person, the Son is another, and the Holy Spirit is another. But the Godhead of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is one, the glory equal. The majesty co-eternal. Okay. So, across the United States, in most Missouri Synod Lutheran churches today, they are going to participate in one of the traditions of Trinity Sunday. They are going to read the Athanasian Creed. And if we did not have words like trinity or triune, we would have to recite that creed every time we wanted to talk about God. I'm kind of being silly, but it makes sense. Stay with me. Can you imagine two theologians talking to each other and they say, which God are you talking about again? To which the other theologian would reply, reply, the God where the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, and yet there are not three gods, but only one God, and the Father is eternal, and the Son is eternal. the Holy Spirit is eternal, and yet there are not three eternals, but only one eternal, and so forth. And after a while, one of the theologians would say something like, you know what? We need to have a shorter way to say all of that. Because by the time I get through identifying my God, I forget what I was going to say about him. So eventually... They came up with the words triune and trinity just to save time. Now, Athanasia was an actual person, and some attribute this to him. Others argue, oh, theologians, um, that he didn't write it. And so back and forth they go on who wrote it. I don't know exactly who came up with the word trinity and what the exact circumstances were when somebody first used the word. But the word trinity does give a name to a teaching that is found in the Bible. So, although the words Trinity and Triune are not found in the Bible, the teaching that they describe is an important teaching of the Bible. And we can learn something about what it means that God is Father, that God is Son, and that God is Holy Spirit from today's Bible readings. But before we can completely understand today's gospel, we need, we need to visit a bush, a burning bush. And so we will. One of the events that we associate with Moses is his encounter with a bush that was on fire, but it didn't burn up. Remember that? And it turned out that God used his burning bush to call Moses to lead the people out of Egypt. And we often tend to forget that Moses did not want to follow God's call. That Moses kept offering up excuses and kept God kept knocking him down, these excuses. And in the middle of this conversation, God told Moses his name. And that part of the conversation goes like this. It's in Exodus 3, verses 13 through 14. It's recorded, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel, and I say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am Who I am. And he said, This, say this to the people of Israel I am has sent me to you. Now, God's name translated into English is literally I am. Now, in today's gospel, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was. I am. And Jesus is not using bad grammar here. Instead, he is saying, I am the God who spoke to Moses out of a burning bush. And this is really not the kind of thing that a person ought to say in a crowd of devout Jews in the first century Israel. These are the kind of words that get you, well, they can get you killed. And the last verse of the gospel confirms this as it says, So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Now these Jews were ready to stone Jesus for claiming to be God. Jesus does not allow us to say that he is a good man, but not God. One more time. He doesn't allow us to say he was a really neat guy, but not God. And if anyone absolutely insists that Jesus is not God, then they must also insist that Jesus is a liar of the worst sort, a liar who claims to be God. And if we insist that Jesus is a good man, then we are saying that Jesus is God. And Jesus insists that we must accept him and God. And since he has risen from the dead, just as he promised, we can believe him. Now, while it's proper to believe that Jesus is both God and man, there is more to it than that. Jesus not only claimed to be God, but he also spoke of God as his Father. And in today's Gospel, he also said, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me of whom you say he is our God." So Jesus is not only takes the name of God to himself, but he also teaches that God is his Father. So now we have God the Father, and God the Son. And Peter tells us about God the Holy Spirit in today's epistle. This reading comes from Peter's Pentecost sermon, he, Peter preached this, he said, this Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this, that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Here we see the Father exalting the Son, and the Son pouring out The Holy Spirit upon his church. Now from this, we learn that although no person in the Trinity is before or after another, they all have a role in our salvation. The Father, the Father sends the Son into the world. The Son, the Son redeems the world. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives redemption to the world through his gift of faith. And the three persons of the one God work together in perfect harmony to bring salvation to us. Without the salvation that the triune God brings to us, we would all be Lost. Without the salvation that the Holy Spirit, that the triune God brings to us, we would all be lost. Each of us sins daily in thought, in word, and deed. And instead of loving God above all things, we love ourselves above all things. Instead of honoring God's name with our mouths, we bring shame on it. And instead of eagerly and joyfully hungering for his word, we despise its teaching. And instead of honoring those in authority, we constantly try to find ways, ways around that authority. While we may not draw blood, our unkind words and our hateful thoughts have murdered, if the truth be told. As we confessed earlier in the service, we all deserve punishment here on earth and forever in hell. And fortunately, we are not without salvation that the triune God brings to us. This is the good part. God the Father sent the Son into the world to take on our mortal flesh. God the Son not only took our human flesh to himself, but he also took up our sin. All of our sin. All of it. And so the Son of God took our sin to that cross, and he, well, he and the Father conducted the most awful transaction to ever occur, the most terrifying transaction. What is that? Well, in a way, this transaction is something that we cannot understand because we are not God. But God the Father turned away from our sins in disgust. He can't look at our sin. So he turned his back on our sin that was on his son. And the result was so terrible that, the, that God the Son cried out from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And what a terrible punishment that must have been that caused the son to cry out in that way. And how horrible it was for the father to inflict such pain on his beloved son in that way. Can you imagine putting that upon your child who you love? What love that is. And that his punishment This is the punishment that our Savior Jesus Christ, the Son of God, endured for us, for all of us who should believe. And by enduring that punishment for us, the Son of God made absolutely certain that we would never, we would never be punished in that way. And God the Father gives us his grace. He gives us his grace for the sake of his Son Jesus Christ. With his sacrifice, God the Son earned forgiveness, life, and salvation for every man, woman, and child who was ever lived and for whoever will live. And that wonderful salvation, well, it'll do us no good, however, if it isn't delivered to us. And that is the role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings God's gifts to us. The Holy Spirit works through the Word of God to create and to sustain faith in us. And he does this as we read. He does this as we hear. He does this as we study God's Word And he also does this through the wet word of the holy baptism and the body and the blood of our Lord when we receive the bread and the wine in the Lord's Supper. He delivers faith to us who receive it. Now catch this. This is important. Are you listening? Okay, here we go. Even people who do not believe, even people who do not believe have forgiveness set aside for them. It is on a layaway plan, awaiting the day when the Holy Spirit brings their spirits to life and works faith in them. When they come to their senses, After being in a faraway land, when they come, it's there. And they too will experience the love of the triune God. They too will look forward to the day when they see God face to face in heaven. There's hope. It's there for them. Now, here's the hard cold truth though. Those who reject faith and forgiveness until the day they die will never experience the sweet salvation that the triune God has for us. That the salvation will remain unused. It was there for them the whole time. But if you don't receive it, It remains unused. They will not receive the benefits of the great love that God has for them. Instead, they will experience the full, dreadful terror that caused the Son of God to cry out on the cross. They will spend eternity paying for those sins in hell. They will not spend eternity in hell because God does not love them, though. They will spend eternity in hell because they utterly refused that love. They rejected the only gift that can save them. Now, we, poor sinners, who have been blessed with the gift of faith by the Holy Spirit will receive the gifts that only the triune God can give. The gifts of forgiveness, of life, and salvation. And we receive those gifts by God the Father's grace for God the Son's sake through God the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. Since we have the insert, let us confess our faith to the words of the Athanasian Creed found in your bulletin. Look up when, you're, when you have it, when you're ready. Okay. Okay. Whoever desires to be saved must, above all, hold to the Catholic faith. Whoever does not keep it whole and undefiled with and without perish eternally, perish eternally. And the Catholic faith is this, that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance. For the Father is one person, and the Son is another, and the Holy Spirit is another. But the Godhead of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father uncreated, the Son uncreated, the Holy Spirit uncreated. The Father infinite, the Son infinite, the Holy Spirit infinite, the Father eternal, the Son eternal, the Holy Spirit eternal. And yet, there are not three eternals, but one eternal, just as there are not three uncreated or three infinites, but one uncreated and one infinite. In the same way, the Father is almighty, the Son Almighty, and the Holy Spirit Almighty. And yet there are not three Almighties, but one Almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And yet there are not three gods, but one God. So the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, and the Holy Spirit is Lord. And yet there are not three lords, but one Lord. Just as we are compelled by the Christian truth to acknowledge each distinct person as God and Lord, so also are we prohibited by the Catholic religion to say that there are three gods or lords. The Father is not made nor created nor begotten by anyone. The Son is neither made nor created, but begotten of the Father alone. The Holy Spirit is the Father of the Son, neither made nor created, nor begotten, but proceeding. Thus there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. And this is the Trinity, none is before or after another. None is greater or less than another. But the whole three persons are co-eternal with each other and co-equal, so that in all things, as has been stated above, the Trinity in unity and the unity in Trinity is to be worshipped. Therefore, whoever desires to be saved must think thus about the Trinity. But it is also necessary for everlasting salvation, that one faithfully believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is the right faith that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is at the same time both God and man. He is God, begotten from the substance of the Father before all ages, and he is man, born from the substance of his mother in this age, perfect God and perfect man, composed of a rational soul and human flesh, equal to the Father with respect to his divinity, less than the Father with respect to his humanity. Although he is God and man, he is not two but one Christ. One, however, not the conversion of the divinity into flesh, but by the assumption of the humanity into God. One altogether, not by confusion of substance, but by unity of person. For as the rational soul and flesh is one man, so God and man is one Christ, who suffered for our salvation, descended into hell, rose again, the third day from the dead. And he ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father God Almighty from whence he will come to judge the living and the dead. And at this coming, all people will rise again with their bodies and give an account concerning their own deeds. And those who have done good will enter into eternal life, and those who have done evil into eternal fire. This is the Catholic faith. Whoever does not believe it faithfully and firmly cannot be saved.
3: Please pray with me. Can you hear me? No. Can you hear me now? It's okay? Okay. There we go. Okay. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, our Savior, and Holy Spirit, our Comforter. We stand before you amazed at your great creation and all that you have made. We are thankful that you created us and have given us life. We thank you, Lord, for your word that strengthens us and our faith in you. Without you, Lord, we would be lost. Lord, we pray now that you would fill our hearts up with your love and give us a hunger to genuinely love others just as you love. Help us to be a light in this dark world. Lord, we believe that you are with us as we praise you and we believe that our praises silences the enemy that tries to surround us daily. Lord, we vow to praise you in the good and the bad, in the valleys and the deep waters because you are worthy to be praised in all circumstances and at all times, because you are our faithful God. You never leave us or forsake us. You are always with us. Lord, we ask that you bless us, give us strength and good health, equip us to do your will and glorify you in all that we do. Lord, we want to lift up all the families, that are hurting and torn apart by sin and mourning the loss of their children and loved ones. Please send your healing balm, your comfort, your peace, which transcends all understanding. Lord, we pray that you would heal and embrace all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially those whom we name out loud now or deep in our hearts. Valerie, Jackie, Eldred, Roger, Randy, Hank, Mama Chow, Ken and Carol, DeForest and Peggy. Help us, dear Lord, trust in you when we feel overwhelmed. Help us to live by faith and not by sight. Draw us closer to you and refresh us daily with your holy presence. We need you, beautiful Savior, and we love you and we praise you. Always in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and ever-living God. You have revealed your glory as the glory also of your Son and of the Holy Spirit three persons, equal in majesty, undivided in splendor, yet one Lord, one God, ever to be adored in your everlasting glory. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord... Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done Faith from hearing the Word, faith from reading the Word, and faith from studying the Word is a gift. Faith. It's a gift that no man may boast on it. And you have received it. You have confessed with your mouth Jesus as Lord and Savior. You have confessed Him as the one and true God that nobody comes to the Father except through Him. So you are are in. You are in that faith and in that belief from the beginning and the end of that Athanasian creed where it says, if you don't believe this, you're lost. But you're there. You're in. But it's just that serious. That's why we have creeds where we speak it together, so that there is no nebulous part of it. That, that it's clear what we believe. And that is important In this world, there's a whole lot of folks that want to kind of fudge on things, that say that Jesus was a good man, but not God. And we know that's not true, amen? He is God. So if that's your confession, and I heard you say it, come, this table is set for you and all who believe. The ushers will bring you forward.
1: All done, and my race here is run.
0: Let me, Ed, take and eat the body of Christ given for you, Sharon. The body of Christ given for you, Ed, take and drink the blood of Christ shed for you.
1: Drinking water before bed burns 46 pounds in two weeks. If you are struggling to lose weight and you're over 25, then you need to hear this. People are burning two and a half pounds of fat.
4: of
0: Christ, the body of Christ given for you, the body of Christ given for you, the body of Christ given for you,
4: the promise contained in this sacrament is Jesus. Cover you in His grace and to rescue you from sin, death, and the devil. May it cover you also in His peace and give you His perfect joy. Thank you That layaway plan—we've already received that grace and that peace and that salvation. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for that! And we pray that others may realize that through the Holy Spirit and be led to repent and to believe. But know this: you sins are covered by what He did for you on that side you're lift up and that this sacrament—this body, this blood—is the deposit that made it come true. cover you covering grace, peace, your and Peace? Peace like a river, the body of Christ, given to you, the, body of Christ, to you. the blood of
5: Christ, the world's
4: night, the billows roll. The of Christ heaven, what heaven, Thank you, Jesus.
0: the mystery of the triune God. But we take him at his promise and many promises. And which promises does he keep? That is that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he won't. Now the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit.
6: The sun comes up. It's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. What
1: thousand years if somebody wanted to do an investigation into christianity where would you start if the resurrection of jesus didn't happen it's a house of cards you
6: sure you want to give me that loaded gun i'm pretty sure you're not going to be able to pull the trigger
1: kids to
5: something that I can't even reason. And what happened next Change me
1: forever. How can we even talk about historical evidence for the resurrection? The Gospels are filled with contradictions. The empty tomb is based on evidence. And is it evidence or trade? We all bet our lives
7: on something. The question is, what's it gonna be? As much as I would like to help out a fellow skeptic, what you're proposing is impossible. Jesus survived being spiked to the cross. There is no evidence of anyone ever surviving a full
5: moment crucifixion. Just because I write something down and I bury it in the dirt, that doesn't make it true.
4: What I felt was something more real than anything I've ever felt in my life. I'm praying for you.
6: Do you really want to know the truth? or so, you your mind already made out up. Out Stop
7: blaming me. And the church and God It couldn't do your job.